You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Wow, Matt. Fellow adventurers, once again, we are with Sir Crokington. In the previous episode, we reformed the Silver Crest and fought a Spider Troll. Anyway, quite a lot has followed on from that. The fir first thing we'll look at is this bowl of blood, which we finally completed. All we had to do was go through... The Lords of Orgdom challenged several times, raid a, t raid a temple set ten times, defeat, defeat an ogre god, and and track down and kill a spider troll. And, oh yeah, we had to show the bowl to the Silver Quest as well, and lock the fog before anyway, Quite a lot of stuff we had to do to get that, but now it's finally completed, and we can see. It's awesome power. This iron bowl, roughly the size of a large helm, bears an ornate engraving that depicts a dozen spear-wielding goblin, spear-wielding ogres engaged in a battle against the griffin. Presumably, these ogres are the ogres that we encounter in the Lords of Ogden Challenge. A thick, dark liquid, which by all accounts his blood from each of the twelve ogres depicted on the vessel fills the bowl to its whim. No matter how you tip the bowl, its gruesome contents refuse to spill. Which is, I guess, convenient for me, because I don't want to get blood all over my stuff. Well, even more than usual. You know, the stuff in my bag, which is bloodproof. The twelve triangular sockets adorn the outer whim of the bowl. All 12 sockets are fitted with a blood-red gem. From any location marked safe, you can gaze into the bowl to make use of some of the object's more obvious magic. The full extent of the power contained in the ancient artifact of Ogden is unknown, but we will soon find out. Let's look into the bowl. This helm-sized bowl is filled with thick, dark blood. 12 blood gems red gems adorn its whim. By sacrificing experience you can increase the level of power this ancient artifact of Ogden will release. The bowl of blood is currently at level one. Hmm, that does imply that you can level it up. If you haven't yet selected which bonus the blood bowl of blood will provide, to select the bonus choose gaze into the bowl of blood option below. 
Now, apparently, according to Teak, there might be some disadvantages to doing this, but people have been playing this game for years and they haven't seen any. So, maybe it's just far, far off in the future. After you retire being an adventurer, so we don't care about it. Or maybe it's... they just assume. Anyway, gaze into the bowl of blood. The instant you gaze into the bowl, the whippling surface of the blood becomes still. At its current level of 1, you may select to apply one of the following bonuses. You can select a different bonus each time you gaze into the bowl. Okay, I can choose one melee rating, one stamina point, or one Neville Reserve. Now, I'm going to raise melee rating. There's really no reason to. It's just that I like that number being big. Yes, even though there's prob I'm probably far more likely to use the Neville Reserve, because sometimes you run out of Neville Reserve. You know, actually, yeah, I'll go for Neville Reserve. Alright, you can now, you can gaze into the bowl to choose your bonus, or sacrifice experience to the bowl for the level up, presumably. By sacrificing experience to the bowl of blood, you increase the level of power granted by the ancient artifact of Orgdom. For each level you increase the bowl of blood, the one point will be added to the bonus the bowl can provide. The bowl of blood may currently currently has a maximum level of five. So this is like the phantom the phantom armor and the phantom weapon where they can you can level them up and they provide bigger bonuses. Which is also very handy. Although it's only bonuses to one stat and max out as five, so it's not quite as powerful as the as the phantom armor. Uh, not quite as customizable either. But it's it's really good. But since it's a, a passive it's a passive boost, so you don't have to worry about losing it if say you accidentally unequip everything. Anyway, increase the bowls level to two. Or I could not sacrifice experience. But I've got nine nine her. 396,447 experience, so I think I can afford it. That's general experience is just sitting there. For situations like this, increase the bowl to level 2. Alright. Hmm. Nothing really happened, but it's now a 2 level reserve. Increase the bowl to level 3. And then 4. And then finally... For 16,384 experience, it's been doubling each time. I probably should have mentioned that, but you should be able to figure it out. What it was, it would have been, been 4,096, 8,000, 8,192, and now finally 16,384. Simple powers of two. Increase the bowl's level to five. Now, now, admittedly, if you'd been... If you'd been using up your general experience at this point, it might take you a while to get the experience to do that, but... 
I find that most characters, most players just have a huge stock of general experience. Just in case. Because you, you never quite know when, when another thing you use general experience to power up will be released. I mean, there's been a few so far. There's been the glittering ice shield, the phantom weapons and armor, the bowl of blood, and there's the circle of the wolf. That is the, the, admittedly, there's smaller, smaller amounts of general XP to learn new skills, but that, those are the sort of XP you can easily get, not the tens of thousands. Anyhow, now... Now that I have the bowl of blood to max level, my level reserve is now 91. Look away from the bowl. And now it's going to just keep passively boosting my stats from here on in now. What's been unlocked? Well, there's something going on in the Silver Quest headquarters. Might as well pop down and see my new, see how my order's doing now. Eastern part of the city, headquarters of the Silver Quest. Headquarters of the Silver Quest, an outfit you now proudly lead, is slowly returning to its usual state. Cluttered, but comfortable. Prithin, Iskritar and Teak have been hard at work, making certain the quest will soon be ready to once again tackle the business of hunting the horrid beasts that seem fit to savagely turn fang and claw against humanity. Windor's Womb, located at the back of the headquarters, is now yours, though it's pleasantly filled with too much clutter to be of any real use. There is currently no sign of your fellow free members in or about the headquarters. Hmm. They're probably, they're probably gone to a tavern or something to reminisce about old times. Visit the hidden, hidden womb. This small hidden womb in the back of the Silver Crest headquarters is where Windor once stored some of the outfit's most valued possessions. The room is now largely empty, save for a few simple pieces of furniture and a rack containing some basic weapons. Because apparently you can never have enough weapons. Because what if the weapon you're already having breaks? Or is stolen? Or eaten by some of those weapon-eating monsters that exist? What do you do then? Well, you get another weapon. And if that gets broken, stolen, or... Eaten, you get another one. And you just keep going. Just keep getting more and more weapons. And if you meet someone who doesn't have a weapon, you can give them a weapon. Weapons for everybody. Yeah. Who's, you know, trained. Probably don't probably don't give weapons to three-year-olds. They might hurt themselves or someone else. And, uh, you know, don't give weapons to that crazy guy. You know, that guy. You're over there, the crazy guy. The crazy guy who keeps who keeps talking about who keeps talking about how God needs blood, lots of blood, because God is really thirsty and he doesn't like cola. He likes blood. <laughs> yeah, don't don't give weapons to that guy. But but, but I mean, you are in a medieval-style civilization, so yeah, with fantasy civilization, so you. Pretty much everyone should probably have, well, every adult anyway, should probably have a weapon handy just in case, because you never know when a goblin might turn up. And of course, swords aren't guns, so you can't 
We can't really do a mass shooting with a sword. You can swing around for a few minutes, maybe get two or three people. And there was someone says, hey, stop with the mass murdering. It's not very nice. It's like, yes, sir. <laughs> it's a different thing. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm for less, less guns, more swords. Alright, let's take a seat by the fire, because something's happening here, and that seems to be the only thing we can do. Although we haven't seen any sign of your fellow Silver Quest members, the crackling blaze in the fire cracking blaze in the fireplace appears to have been recently tended. Hmm. I guess they'll be back soon, because you wouldn't you wouldn't go for all the bother of tending a fire if you were going to be off be away for several hours and it'd be and have gone out by the time you come back you take a seat on one of the less than comfortable chairs pulled up to the hearth and stretch out your legs well not so much i guess i'm probably just sitting since sir croakington is small probably just sitting in the middle of the chair probably put the cushion flat just sit on top of the cushion something like that the radiating warmth of the fire, which is very nice when, when you're a toad and thus pretty much reliant on external heat to get your body to work, combined with the quiet of the cluttered hall, is enough to make you want to nod off. Allow yourself a short nap. Just a, just a short one. Very short nap. Not going not gonna to extend into some crazy thing. Well, well, we might. Oddly enough, the instant... You find, convince yourself that a short nap by the fire might prove refreshing. You can't seem to fall asleep. Yep, yep, we've all had that. Yeah, you're too f tired to fall asleep. Because your body is freaking stupid sometimes. For several long minutes, you employ different measures to try and make yourself sleepy. But to no avail. It seems that... <gasps> that... You just not... <gasps> that... Sleepy. <laughs> your eyes fly open, and for the moment your surroundings seem almost familiar. As you slowly and somewhat happily stir from the slumber, you immediately note that the uncomfortable chair in which you've been sleeping has produced a sharp pain in your lower back. Realising that any further time spent in the chair may well prove permanently deliberate. Deliberating, you stagger to your feet and prepare to carry on with your day. Suddenly. Well, suddenly is always fun. Well, not always fun. I mean, quite often a fog bore suddenly just leads to a regular fight, but still, suddenly's a sign you should definitely read, read what's coming up next, not just click through. You suddenly note that someone appears to have recently tended the fire, perhaps just within the last several minutes. One of the larger logs, you will recall having been on the side of the hearth, is now perched on the grate. For you discern it has not been burning for long. Next to where you are sitting, lying atop a heap of clutter that covers the small the surface of a small square table, is a brown, leather bound book tome. You're certain the book wasn't was not there before you fell asleep. Hmm, curious. I mean, it could just be a coinky. Could just be, you know, just 
just take Iskridar or Pritham, just, you know, they found an interesting book. Or maybe someone has arranged things so I do see this book. Anyway, examine the book. You examine, you pick up the large leather-bound tome off the table and carefully examine it. It's thick colour, blue-worn, it's devoid of, devoid of any discernible markings. Open the tome. You open the book and begin turning its tattered, age-worn pages. Your heart nearly skips a beat. We discover near the middle of the tome a large page that depicts the legendary adventure Dreadmask battling an axe-wielding ogre. On the edge of a gaping chasm. Oh, dread mask again. I'm going to be drawn into this book probably. Because the last two times we encountered dread mask in a painting. We got drawn into the painting. The figure adorning the, tor the torn yellowed page. Is eerily similar to the style of the paintings of dread mask. You encountered in both the silver shaft inn. And the stone back tavern. Where we got drawn in. And, and set into a fight. You suddenly feel lightheaded. Now, if I close the book immediately, it won't be able to suck me in. But I kind of want to be sucked in. I want to see what happens. I mean, we had fun adventures the last two times. And I managed to get out as well. Keep the book open. Your sense of lightheadedness continues to grow. And your surroundings begin to blur and fade. Unable to maintain your grasp on the book. You drop the tome back onto the table. Suddenly... Everything goes black. Moments later, when your visions returns, you you want you find you've once again been drawn into the painted scene you viewed only seconds ago. Hmm. Pretty impressive they could manage to fit the to fit the suck people in magic in just a small book. But we are probably it's it's magic. It can be magic. <laughs> doesn't really have to follow strict well the normal rules of physics there usually is some rules but presumably you could just change the rules that apply by just getting magic from a different realm of the netherness or something like that you're standing on a fire blackened landscape at the edge of a deep chasm that splits the earth for what must be several miles a ceiling of thick churning clouds hangs low overhead blocking out much of the sun's light all around you are heaps of ash and piles of smouldering timber it appears you're in the midst of a flame ravaged remains of a forest over here it'll take both of us to bring him down you spin to your right and behold the legendary warrior dreadmask standing in a battle-ready stance his mailed hand gripping the haft of his fearsome hammer now, it's been a while since we've met Dreadmask previously. I think it might have been more than a year. So, let's read his law book entry again. Dreadmask. The legendary warrior and adventurer known as Dreadmask attained his rather sinister moniker as a result of the fear-inspiring Iron Banded Wooden Mask he wore. His real name is not known. Much... Of Dreadmask's magnificent equipment was marked with strange symbols, possibly goblin in origin, leading to speculation that Mast Adventure was actually a very large goblin who cleverly concealed his true identity from the human world. Well, good for him if he managed to pull it off. Most of us believe, most now believe, that Dreadmask was human, 
but he hid himself to either disguise a disfigurement or to maintain his anonymity. Dreadmas spent much of his adventure in Kier, Korea, hunting down ogres, trolls, dragons and the undead. The many legends that recount his grand adventures rarely speak of any companions, though a brief mention is made of a woman in Talonus by the name of Juluenia, whom to whom the best warrior is said to have pledged his love. Dreadmask suddenly and inexplicably disappeared nearly 500 years ago, while on an expedition to find a dragon's lair somewhere in the Allspun Mountains. Well, Okay, let's, well, and now we're meeting up with him. Or, or a, or a memory of him, or a telling of him, or a hologram of him, or something, something. We're not sure whether we've actually travelled through time. Less than a dozen yards away, advancing swiftly, his thundering steps sending small tremors through the ground, a hulking, armour-clad ogre. The nightmarish beast, his face painted with blood, raises a massive double-bladed axe and unleashes an enraged bellow. Over here! Over here! cries Dreadmask, his somewhat frantic shouts muffled by his infamous face covering. To me! Collajor is more than either of us can handle on our own. I could probably handle him on his own, but you know what? If this helps, if, this, if I can get help, I'll take it. Collarjaw. Who is Collarjaw? Prominently featured in several of the tales involving the famed warrior and an adventurer known as Dreadmask, Collarjaw, a quasi-immortal ogre, is believed by many who study the legend to be somehow related to Woundskin. There are those who believe that Collarjaw actually is Woundskin, or at least an earlier incarnation of the famous immortal. Ogre. Most scholars of the Dreadmask legend dismiss this theory. I guess we'll never know. You know, unless Woundskin, yes. You know, decides, no. Oh, yeah, yeah, I used to be Collador. Oh, no, no. No, Collador, oh, yeah, he, he's my cousin. I mean, he uh, he has no style. He just smashes things. He's No, no long-term plans and scheming. Uh, no wonder no wonder he kept get, 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 get getting defeated by Dreadmask, really. Or something like that. I mean, if Woundskin does stay that. Because I guess Woundskin's probably the only one who really knows. If there's anything to know. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. You're within a few feet of Dreadmask when the charging ogre unleashes a second bellow. 
The ear-shattering roar causes you to flash and glance in the direction of the bounding creature, the ogre. His axe poised to deal the masked warrior a fatal blow. It's nearly within striking distance. You turn back to Dreadmask, seeking any sort of explanation for the events unfolding on the fire-blackened plain, only to find the legendary adventure has once again vanished. Oh, okay, okay. Well, well, you do you, Dreadmask, apparently. As the ogre changes course, bearing down on you with unnerving speed, you swiftly square yourself with the gruesome beast. Suddenly... A triangular amulet hanging on a thick chain around the ogre's neck shimmers brightly, bathed in the dazzling radiance animating from the amulet. The hulking ink creature undergoes a rapid and startling transformation. The shimmer fades, and you find yourself staring at an armoured, axe-wielding cave goblin. The sinister humanoid, his diseased lips curled back into a leering grin, revealing a mouth crowded with jagged yellow fangs occupies the very spot upon which the ogre stood only moments ago. With a loud snarl, the goblin hurls himself at you, swinging his axe in a deadly arc. It's Kulgar's goblin form. The goblin hacks at you with his axe. I do a swift blow. I stab. He hacks. He deals a savage blow for ten damage. He's not that tough. But he probably has more tougher forms to come. 39 XP. The goblin's bloody corpse trembles and then weaves as a slain creature slowly rises to its feet. The amulet dangling from the goblin's neck shimmers as a swift transformation comes over him. The shimmer fades and in its wake you find yourself face to face with the snarling armoured Kugari. The vicious Watman, his clawed fingers wrapped around the haft of an axe, leaps forward, swiping out at you. With the deadly weapon. It's, it's his Kogari form. Yes, Kogari swipes at you with that. Also has an axe. Hmm. Maybe they all have axes. Deals you a savage blow for five damage. And, and he is now slain. Thanks to a swift strike special. 40 XP. The course of Kogari weaves about wildly. Then only seconds after at last becoming still, the slain rat man slowly rises to his feet. The triangular amulet around the creature's neck shimmers brightly as a rapid transformation comes over him. A split second later, the horrifying alteration is complete, and you find yourself face to face with an armoured, axe-wielding Tazari. The sinister reptilian hisses as he slivers forward and attacks. Now... He's a Tazar, he's a snake dude. Alright. Well, you're into that. The Tazar hacks at you with his axe, savage blow for 10 damage. Alright, let's just chop this snake's head off. With a knife, somehow. Anyway, it is slain. 41 XP. The remains of the Tazar twitch, and then, wa- then weave wildly as the snake reptilian begins to rise. The amulet, amulet hanging around the snake's man's snaily neck. Snake man's scaly neck shimmers. A swift transformation comes over the sinister creature. The, cri- is c- the shimmer fades and in the blink of an eye you're face to face with the armoured ogre you encountered when you first appeared on the fire blackened plain. The hawking beasts, his massive hand. 
His massive hand wrapped around the hilt of his deadly axe, bellows savagely as he stomps forward and attacks. Could this be his final form? His ogre form? It's definitely his favourite form. The ogre swipes at you with his axe. Savage blow for 17 damage and then 15 damage. Okay, this one's tougher than the previous ones. Well, tough, it's still a 3 plus, of course. Nearly everything I fight is a 3 plus. Another savage blow for 15 damage. And slain. Will he stay slain? 42 XP. Again, the bloody cross before you weaves and trembles as the slain ogre rises to his feet. The triangular amulet hanging around the ogre's thick neck shimmers and a startling transformation comes over the creature. The dazzling aura surrounding the ogre fades, revealing Korgra's new form, a plate-armoured human. Yeah, uh, yeah, I can understand why I want to put off using that one. I mean, human? Who want to be human? <laughs> the axe-wielding warrior, his grim skull betraying his cruel, deadly intent, reaches forward and attacks, driving you back with the fury of his savage assault. It's Kulagar's human form. He's probably used that for sneakiness. The wire swipes at you with his axe. I stab at mine with my stabby stabber. Savage blow 11 damage. Keep going, keep going, keep going. And slain. 42 XP. Again, the bloody corpse begins to wive and shudder as the armoured warrior rises to defeat the triangular... Um, I mean, hanging over your foe's neck shimmers brightly as a swift and startling transformation comes over him. The shimmer fades, leaving in its wake the ghostly, transmutant likeness of the human warrior you just defeated. The axe-wielding spirit opens its mouth as if to shriek, but makes no sound. Instead, the glowing apparition surges forward, pressing right through you. Just gonna heal first. Picking a number, bonus of 20, all from spirit. Gotta get 50 or more or be seriously spooked. Pick now. 35, failure. You feel drained and disorientated as the spirit passes through you. For a split second, you stumble backwards, struggling to maintain your balance as the more potent effects of the ghost silenced attack take their toll on you. 10 damage. Alive, but weary in the face of the savage assault, you turn to face the ghastly figure and discover that the spirit with an axe in hand is swiftly bearing down on you. Kologar's spirit form, last seen when Dreadmask battled the deadly creature on this very swath of scorched ground several centuries ago, surges in attacks, swiping at you with his ghostly blade. Is this the final form? We'll see. If it gets up after this, there's going to be more forms. Or maybe you'll decide to run away. That'd probably be a smart thing to do. The ghostly warrior hacks at you with his axe. Savage blow 11 damage. And then again for 11 damage. Keep going. I do some specials. Savage blow 15 damage. And slain. And that's another 41 XP. The spirit form of Kulagar shimmers. And then suddenly vanishes. Leaving behind only a thin trail of rapidly dissipating mist. With your every nerve on edge, you wait and wait for any sign of the sinister creature's return. After several minutes, when you're somewhat confident that Kulgar is at last gone for good, 
you hesitantly relax your stance. Breathless and wary in the face of the brutal fight, your eyes scan the smouldering blackened plain that extends from the brink of the chasm to the edge of your sight in all directions. You begin to wonder the nature of the dire calamity that must have befallen this place, when you're startled by the sound of someone appearing, someone approaching from behind. Well done! Kolagar is not a foe many would willingly engage. What is it that makes you so different? You turn to find Dreadmask moving towards you. Okay, where were you during this fight? Look, I'm not that angry. I'm mostly curious. Mostly curious. A bit angry, but mostly curious. I said you were doing something. You turn to find Dreadmask moving towards you, strolling perilously close to the jagged edge of the yawning precipice. His mighty hammer slung over his shoulder. So, is there an answer? Wait, don't hurt me. I think I know. You'll just need me to give me a little more time to come up with. Can I have it? Time it is? Just a little more time. Dreadmask's voice fades to a whisper as the fire ravaged plain and the churning cloud filled sky begin to blur. You've struggled to hear what the adventurer is saying, but it is no use. What the legendary adventurer is saying, but it's no use. Darkness and silence envelop you. And you can neither see nor hear anything more. Hmm. Okay. It seems like this dread mask knows... He knows that something's happening. He knows that someone is being sent. Sent to him. And he's, I think he's, he's almost figured it out. But uh, I could give him more time, but I don't control this sort of thing. Also, apparently at some point my Neville Reserve got reduced to one. I'm not sure when that happened. Your eyes fly... It's probably when that ghost flew through me. Your eyes fly open and you find yourself gripping at the, the arms of the wooden chair upon which you're seated at the edge of the hearth. You glaze around at the familiar clutter that fills the Silver Quest's headquarters and breathe a well-deserved sigh of relief. As you rise from, rise from your seat... You spot the leather-bound tome lying open on the table. Well, at least that wasn't all a dream. The painted picture of Dreadmask stares back at you from off the tattered page. You suddenly notice. Note, the picture on the page is sta- has changed. Sketched. Sketched in just to the left of Dreadmask. And his savage, ask-using foe is the faint outline of a toad. You're certain the figure outlined on the painted page is you. Not a bad collection of tales, is it? A bit far-fetched, though. Teek's voice startles you. Your friend and fellow member of the Silver Quest scrolls over and picks up the tome. He turns several pages, closes the book, and sets it back on the table. I started reading the one about Dreadmask, he says, but I found it a bit hard to swallow. I mean, can you imagine an ogre with the ability to change into half a dozen different forms? Yes, very easily. I've, I've already met one. Uh, well, man, we haven't seen how many forms Woundskin has, but we've definitely seen him hanging around with, with a few. Uh, perhaps more incredulous than that. Can you imagine anyone willing to stand and face such a thing? I think I'd rather face half a dozen spider trolls. Well, maybe not, come to think of it. I don't know where we ever got that book. Teeth skettles into one of the uncomfortable chairs next to the hearth 
and pitches and stretches his feet towards the fire. Then, tilting his head back and peering at you with one eye, he asks you if you've seen his squidar. He said his score was a bit of work, he says the awning. It'll be good to get our name out there again. The correct quest isn't the only outfit of monster slayers around these days, you know. There's Holdrock's Huntsman, Talonus Trophy Guild, Silbar's Blade, and a few others. Pale imitations, of course, but I think we should be mindful of our reputation. And our rightful place, which is well at the top of the heap. Teak dozes off, and you set about tidying up some of the clutter, burying a long table set back against a wall. Decide that you'll wait to tell Teak. Teak and the others about your encounters with Dreadmask and the incident with the book. If you tell them at all. Anyhow, that ends this little uh, event, I guess, with 1,024 experience to general and 128 experience to all skills and barrows, which is pretty nice for such a smaller, smaller adventure. And now, and now we can, now we can, the Silver Quest is back in business with the adventure called Back in Business. For the past hour, Isquidar has been telling you about a particularly strange problem plaguing the shop of Mudwin North One. Anyhow, that 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 deserves its own episode, but there is more to investigate that follows on immediately from that quest. Now, admittedly, one of the things is tired behind me finding three items of which I found none yet, so that'll have to wait for a bit. But there is things to explore in that in the spider trolls there. Well, it's not it's not gotten an event, but it's there, it's there. Alright. The location marked on Tick's map. Yep. Fly down the steep tunnel. Now we never really got to explore. The the earthen top floor of the tunnel suddenly begins to slide. You desperately struggle to maintain your footing and control over your descent. Bicker your number. Bonus of 49, 19 for woodmanship, 24 agility, 10 for luck. Success, 75 on war pick now. 79, success. You manage to maintain your footing during the difficult descent, and the tunnel levels out. You find yourself standing at the western end of a cavernous, gloom-filled urban corridor. Alright, anyway, you, we saw this dungeon the last time. It's got that loop. Another little loop to the east of that. And then one passage in the northeast corner where the spider troll was. And at the very end of that passage is somewhere we didn't fully explore because we were too we were we were far more concerned with rescuing Teak than having a good look than having a thorough look around. At At the end of the tunnel in a small hollow, surrounded by the roundest debris of the three massive boulders discover a large pile of debris presumably discarded here by the spider troll the skeletal remains of several creatures surprisingly none of them human are scattered throughout the heaps of washing vegetation you're about to abandon your search when you catch sight of the decaying wooden box oh, i guess there's no humans because it's sort of 
the spider troll has been programmed that the humans that it catch are actually fine. It just forgets about them. <laughs> it catches them because it catches everything. But then it's got a little cognitive gap in its brain, which means it forgets they exist. <laughs> and, you know, they just get sustained by the web until someone can... Until, presumably, in the original case, the wizard... The wizard, the wizard that made the spider troll can get them and do wizard stuff. You're about to abandon your search when you catch sight of a decaying wooden box. Buried beneath one of the oozing piles, you remove the box from the pile and open it. Much to your surprise, the box contains a large quantity of gold and a small, flat square of engraved wood. You immediately recognise the engraved wooden square to be a goblin totem. One size, side of the coin-sized square of wood, bears an engraving that picks a coiled serpent. Hmm, is this the coiled serpent whose tracks we found? Anyway, 231 gold tokens, and the goblin totem of a serpent. This small, flat, coin-sized square of wood bears an engraving in it, in it that depicts a coiled serpent. This is a goblin totem. When using conjunction with a goblin totem block, you can bestow enchantments upon the bearer. If you possess a goblin totem block, yeah, and, yeah, well, we've done that before. Satisfied you haven't looked over anything, you once again set off on your way along the urban tunnel. Now, there is more here, but we haven't unlocked it yet. We will unlock it eventually, but it'll probably be a long way off. Because, well, there's quite a lot of things you have to do, and they're scattered all over the place. Leave the tunnel. Okay, might as well have a look at popping down to Ashley again. Just to say hi to everyone. Ask if there's any anything sneaked out of the forest that needs a bit, well, bit of a stab-stab. Alright. Hmm. Anyhow. Time to look at this goblin totem block and to see what the serpent tome does. Of course, of course I know, but... Let's show it. Examine the totem block. Currently, we're at three dragons, which boost, which boost my MR by five and my SP by five. So if I place a serpent in there instead, well, it's still MR by five and SP by five. If there's any, if there's any behind-the-scenes effects, we are not being told of it. Presume this was probably there just so you could get the get the five five without having to grind the tower as often. Could be something as simple as that. But oh uh, you know, maybe maybe it does something else. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Anyhow. I think that's pretty much everything. Unlocked by doing that adventure. Alright, let's get back to Twithic and save. So what will we what shall we do in the next episode? Well we hmm we could start doing the Silver Quest adventures. And well there's there's plenty 
plenty more things. There's th 37 adventures on my list. And there's still Proving Grounds 3 to go. It was the Shivering Spring, but we already did that. Hmm. I guess I forgot to save afterwards. If I do that again, it'll have to be off. I have to be off mic. Because there's no point me recording it again so soon after the first time with the same guy in the same context. Hmm. You know what? Probably the next one we'll do will be Air to the Flame. Which is also in Twithick. It's in the Griffin's Ledge Edge Alehouse, even though the even though the the quest log says it's in the main part of Twithick. But anyhow. Until then. Farewell, fellow adventurers. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.